2: Diversion Podcasts.
4: Born. Next. Next. All right, all right. I we're born. 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 Born going in and going to be the governor. We are the like, American governor. Cool. After that, we just sat there and just really found out how disorganized it was. You right? know Going on the way back on the bus ride, like a two hour bus ride, bus had a leak in it. It was raining, raindrops busting us in the head. The only reason why it was fun is because we were here with one another. We were making jokes on one another and having a good time. You know, how we always do it with the basketball team. That's that's the only fun part about it.
5: That was Kobe Bryant with his friend and confidant Jeremy Treatment from the spring of 1996, talking about one of the last obligations that Kobe had to fulfill during his time as a student and a basketball star at Lower Merion High School. He and his teammates and coaches had taken a bus trip out to Harrisburg, the state capital, to meet Governor Tom Ridge and to receive a special acknowledgement from the state legislature. It was one of Kobe's last opportunities to be a kid among other kids, before almost everything in his life changed forever. Nearly 24 years later, on the afternoon of Sunday, January 26, 2020, I was driving home from my in-laws' house. My wife had gone grocery shopping. Our sons, Evan and Gabe, were in the car with me. Evan was eight at the time. Gabe was five. At a stoplight, I picked up my phone and checked my Twitter feed.
6: Breaking news this Sunday afternoon, five-time NBA champion, former league MVP Kobe Bryant died. Earlier this afternoon in Los Angeles in a helicopter crash. News reports are just coming in among multiple victims. Kobe Bryant on that helicopter. We're going to have Ramona Shelburne join us now from Los Angeles. She is uh, on her
5: way. What? Kobe Bryant had died? I actually said, what, out loud in the car. And Evan got a little worried, wondering what was wrong. I played it off, told him, oh, nothing. I didn't bring it up until we had gotten home 10 minutes later, and I parked the car.
7: We are coming back on the air with new details on the tragic death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant. ABC News confirming the five-time NBA champion for the Los Angeles Lakers was among five people killed when a helicopter crashed and caught fire in Southern California. Authorities in Los Angeles County are holding a news conference.
5: I offhandedly told Evan what had happened. I was trying not to make a big deal out of it, like he had just gotten off the school bus and I was asking him how his day had been. Besides, we had to hustle. He had to get changed and we had to head right out again. He had, of all things, a basketball game. As Evan was putting his uniform on, though, I had to make a phone call. I searched my contacts for Jeremy Treatman's number. Tell me about the day he died. Where were you, what oh. were you, doing? I think I was
8: on the phone with you.
5: I'm Mike Sealstein. And from diversion podcasts, this is I am Kobe.
2: Hey, love Watch me, watch me, watch me, create myself. Sack clack, signs up, create yourself. They nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No we ain't lying, tell them
9: that it's getting time.
5: Episode 10. Remembering greatness. Two things happen when someone famous dies, especially when that person dies before their time. The first is something we all do. If that figure meant something to you, like Kobe meant something to so many, we mark the moment. We burn into our brains exactly where we were, what we were doing, when we learned that this person was gone. Millions of people did that when Kobe Bryant died. I happened to be in a car with my kids, maybe you were at church or at your daughter's swim meet or sitting with your feet up in your living room. Doesn't matter, you don't forget it. But there's something else and it happens only to people who knew the person. You review your own life and you try to figure out where you fit into their life. You remember the best times you had together, the hardest times, the times that made you smile and laugh, the times that made you furious. You remember the last time you saw them the last time you spoke, the last time they crossed your mind. Arn Tellum, Kobe's first agent, went through that process when Kobe died. At that point, Tellem hadn't represented Kobe in about 20 years. In 2015, he actually retired from being an agent and became an executive with the Detroit Pistons. And it was in Detroit where he and Kobe talked in person for the last time during Kobe's final season with the Lakers.
6: We certainly
8: had our, you know, issues where we disagreed. But I have to say that in the end, he was always great to me and my family and my wife, my kids. And then, you know, five years ago, when I took the job at the Pistons. and He called to congratulate me. And, and when I saw him in Detroit, as last year, my first year at the Pistons, his last year, mm-hmm. playing with the Lakers, came up to me before the game, gave me a hug, thanked me for everything. And... You know, couldn't have been nicer. And he asked me if I was happy with what I was doing. And, and I said, you know, how life is, you have to always change and adapt and challenge yourself. And I said, you're going to do the same thing as you go
6: into your next chapter. And I'll never forget. He said, yeah, my next chapter will even be greater. And he ran off for the jump wall.
5: Tell had known Kobe a long time. Kobe's friends from Lower Marion had known him even longer. From spending the last year and a half talking to them for my book and for this podcast, I can tell you that Kobe's death affected those people who knew him when he was a kid in a different way than it did just about anyone else. I'm not suggesting that Kobe's Lakers teammates or his friends from the NBA weren't profoundly saddened by his death. I'm not saying that at all. But the connection between Kobe and people like Jeremy Treatman and his high school coach, Greg Downer, and his classmates and teammates from Lower Marion was something else entirely. They knew him before he was a star. They bonded with him when he occupied a space somewhere closer to our own, before he became a star. Then they watched him become a star. It's like they were friends with Peter Parker before that radioactive spider bit him. Listen to his friend Guy Stewart, his teammate at Lower Marion, talk about what it was like to find out that Kobe had died. Guy was getting calls and text messages, dozens of them, from people who knew him and knew Kobe. But he didn't want to believe them.
6: And then I remember the moment I see it on CNN and I'm like... I started, like, I'm, like, like, my body's shaking. I can't, like, focus on anything.
3: It has been confirmed, CNN is able to tell you now that NBA star Kobe Bryant was on board that helicopter and is now dead at the age of 41. Our Christine Brennan So I'm, like,
6: texting everybody. I call his sister. She doesn't answer, and I'm like, all right, well, like, what's... what's going on? Not, not to say that she always answers my calls or whatever like that, but i text his cousin no response i'm like this can't be true and i'm just like stuck in my seat and i just couldn't think of anything and and you know once they confirmed it it was just like a complete just breakdown you know like you expect to see this guy who was like superman to everybody that he that that knew him personally even you know even if you didn't know in person, you just think like that's not supposed to happen to a guy like that. That's not supposed to happen to his daughter, you know and you almost question God's plan like how like how could this happen? You expect like the the plane to crash and he's like holding everybody in his arms and they come out and he's fine. You know, or just like the story just just isn't true. And I still can't believe it to this day. I still can't believe that he's gone to this day. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that day like, like it was yesterday.
5: Emery Dabney, the point guard on Lower Merion's state championship team, the kid who had joined Kobe for those scrimmages and pickup games at St. Joseph's and Episcopal during the summer of 1995, was doing pretty much the same thing I was doing on that day. He was going grocery shopping with his wife.
1: It was so crazy because I had a friend who had found an old picture of me and Kobe and had just texted me a picture of us, maybe like an hour before. We're driving home and um, I get a call from my friend who lives in L.A. and he's kind of in the scene out there. Well, I'm one of my teammates from college actually. And he told me, he's like, yeah, Kobe died in a, in a helicopter crash. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're lying, there's no way. I'm get the hell out of here. He's like, I'm telling you. And this is before the news had broke. So he's like, Emory, and he's kind of a prankster. So I was like, You're you're full of shit on huh? it. There's no way in the world that that happened. So he's like, Emory, I'm serious. Like I got calls from people, like I'm telling you. So we kept driving, I'm like, this be it. So my wife is looking on her phone for the news and we don't see anything. Calling back, I'm like, there's nothing on the news. You're, you're you know, you're full of shit. And like maybe like forty-five minutes later the news broke.
5: Jeremy Treatman was the guy I knew best who was close to Kobe. When I called him that day, I just wanted to touch base with him to see what he knew and how he was doing. He was at Jefferson University in the East Falls neighborhood of Philadelphia. He was overseeing a high school basketball tournament there, and a big game was about to start between Germantown Academy and Newman Goretti, two of the top teams in the Philadelphia (laughs) area. about
8: all this, and all of a sudden, I was giving these text. And the first text came from my friend Jeff Isis, He's probably the biggest jokester I know. So how ironic—he's the biggest jokester I know. It's, it. it's like I see this uh, little image from TMZ. It says Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. Now I got 1,200 people around me, so it's not like I was at home just you know sitting there and could be glued to it. And I'm like, what? Like like I I didn't think it was real. And then got another one, another one, and I. I think you called, Town 29 called. I'm like, oh my God, I, this is this happening. This is, this is real.
5: Listen carefully to this next part. There were children playing in a pool in a house near Jeremy's while I was recording him. In the background, you can hear one of the kids crying. I think of that every time I listen to what Jeremy says next.
8: Yeah, I, I, I broke down for a minute talking to this guy Del Greco Wilson and who I knew and this other guy came over. I didn't know who he was and I I put my head on his shoulder and I started crying. I'm a complete stranger. I to this day I don't know who it was.
9: was.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen.
7: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
5: Hey, this is Mike Sielski, host and writer of I Am Kobe. This podcast project came out of my work on a related book called The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality. If you want to explore other parts of Kobe's story, check out The Rise. It's not just a book version of the podcast. I dive deeper into some of the topics covered in this series, and even some that we don't cover at all. Kobe's upbringing, his family, his identity, his effect on his friends and teammates, his journey into the NBA, and his earliest days with the Lakers. The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality is out now. Just head over to theriseofcobybook.com, and you can buy it from any of your favorite retailers. That's com. Thanks. A month after Kobe's death, a memorial service was held for him and his daughter Gianna in Los Angeles at Staples Center, the Lakers' home arena. Jeremy and Greg Downer flew out to L.A. to attend the service. For both of them, there was an odd feeling in being there. They still couldn't believe Kobe was gone, still couldn't reconcile and come to terms with his death. They woke up early on the morning of the service, and the scene around the arena Shock them back into sorrow.
8: I mean, you're feeling a little bit like you're the entourage guys, you know, driving around L.A. and then all of a sudden you get to the forum and like,
5: I mean, the Staples
8: Center it's like, oh my God, and you see all these people with Kobe stuff and Kobe flags and Laker flags and Kobe shirts, and it's like, oh boy, this is not going to be easy. And uh, i was glad I was there. That's all I can say. I was glad I was there. And it was surreal. It was just. Too hard to believe.
5: Inside, as one speaker after another paid tribute to Kobe and Gianna, his wife Vanessa, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan.
4: When Kobe Bryant died, a piece of me died. And as I look in this arena and across the globe, a piece of you died, or else you wouldn't be here. Those are the memories that we have to live with and we learn from.
5: Greg Downer thought about the attribute that, to him, always seemed to define Kobe best. The quality that Kobe embodied was that, either on a basketball court or in life, he could not, would not, be stopped. When he wanted something, he pursued it until he got it. Downer believed that Kobe could not be defeated, even by death, and he believed it right up until he heard something during the memorial service.
9: You know, I heard this round of applause and, you know, it was, it was Shaq in the corner. Somebody was entering the, uh, the building and part of me was like, you know, here he is, like, you know, all of a sudden he's alive or he, um, he recovered from the helicopter crash and Superman is back. Uh, but I totally agree with you that, uh, he had an indestructible way about him and, uh, I definitely feel the same way.
5: As the ceremony ended, Jeremy and Greg caught a glimpse of Kobe's parents, Joe and Pam, sitting near the front, a mass of people around them. Neither Jeremy nor Greg had seen or talked to Joe and Pam since Kobe's death. In fact, neither of them had seen or talked to them in years, but they had a chance now. And they made their way toward them.
8: And Pam's like, Joe, it's Jeremy, Joe, it's Jeremy, Joe, it's Jeremy. And he turned around and saw me, like, had a big smile. And, like, the hug was 30 seconds long. And it's like... It just goes to show you, like, like, he just knows his family. Like, yeah, I'm not Shaquille O'Neal, but like, just somebody you trust from 25 years who, who had Kobe's best interest at heart, who, who knew, loved Kobe, and hadn't seen him in a long time. And it was just special. And he told Greg the same thing, but he just said, we made a kid for the world. And I was like, I had to, I had to wait till I left the building before I could start to cry. I didn't, Pam was telling both of us, don't cry, don't cry, I'm leaving, don't cry. It was was, was very emotional. I I did email Joe recently, and he did write back. He was wishing us all well. It was very sad, of course.
5: At the beginning of this episode, I made an assertion about the things we do when someone famous dies. The people who knew that person try to figure out where they fit into his life. That's all Kobe's friends and mentors from his teenage years have been doing since his death. They've been weighing where they fit in Kobe's life, and where Kobe still fits in theirs. When they think of him, what comes to mind first? For Greg Downer, it's Kobe's relationship with Bryn Downer, Greg's daughter. They were close. Greg has several photos of Kobe holding Bryn, hugging her.
9: I, I'm glad that they got to meet, and uh, you know, I'm glad that Bryn got to feel greatness, and as Brynn has gotten older, she understands a little bit more as to who Kobe was, and sometimes we'll just watch um, some highlights of him. And, you know, Kobe had four girls. I, I, I only have one. What makes this really difficult is, is the loss of Gianna and, and what, what she was and what she could have been. But I'm so, so thankful that, that, that Brynn and Kobe got to meet on several occasions.
5: For Mike Egan, Downer's assistant coach on Lower Marion's 95-96 state title team, one memory of Kobe stands out. One day that season, the coaches arranged for a gentleman named Harry Middleton to attend practice and meet the team. Middleton had played for the Aces 53 years earlier, in 1943.
6: That was the last state championship team for Lower in 1943. Here we are in 1996. And I just remember... Um, just Kobe being kind of in awe of the guy. This is an older guy now, white hair. Um, you wouldn't pick him out of a lineup as a, a former captain of a state championship team. But just the respect that Kobe showed for him um, and, and the admiration he had like, as a guy who... Um, you know, Kobe was such a student of the game, and he realized that, hey, I might be the man now, but this guy was the man in this school 53 years ago. Uh, that was really, really cool.
5: For well, Emery Dabney, first one anecdote doesn't stand out about Kobe, um, his whole attitude does.
1: Just like his sheer will to succeed, when you've been close to that throughout your life, like you you have no choice if, if to be successful. I mean, whatever success is, but he saw a goal. And if you really think about him at a young age, he was gonna do everything he could to, to accomplish that goal. Um, and that's what I really think of when I think of him, just like him having no fear and his relentless pursuit of, of a goal. That's what I think of. Like, every time I think of Kobe, that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind.
5: Dabney's perspective, I think, is a good summary of the macro view of Kobe. It wasn't just Dabney who saw him as incredibly driven. Everyone who watched him play basketball or heard him talk or read anything about him saw him the same way. But for Jeremy Treatman, the memories of Kobe have been building up within him for a long time, even before the horrible events of January 26, 2020. During that 95-96 season, when Jeremy was along for the ride, to the state championship victory with Kobe and the lower Marion Aces. He compiled and narrated a highlight video of the team's season. The soundtrack he picked for the video was one that every basketball fan knows, one shining moment. The song that CBS always plays after the final game of the NCAA men's basketball tournament.
8: Downer got Lower Murray and prepared for the season right away with a game against superpower Roman Catholic at Drexel University.
5: The video's highlights don't just feature Kobe. His teammates are hitting three-pointers and dropping in layups. And Greg Downer is barking instructions from the sideline. And cheerleaders are screaming and shaking their pom-poms. But there's a lot of Kobe in the video, alley-oops and breakaway dunks and breathtaking plays. The kids at Jeremy's camp see them fresh for the first time, but Jeremy gets to relive his time with Kobe over and over again, and he relishes it.
8: It's funny, like when I, when I play One Shiny Moment every year at camp, I'm like, this was like, Special, special thing that happened in this one special, special time, and you know, you could go seven years without anything that even close to that happening. And that's kind of how I feel about this time. Like it was, you know, I look at my bucket list, I look at things I've done and didn't do or was part of or experienced, and this is a, one, this is a major experience in my life.
5: spend any time with Jeremy, it becomes obvious how much his time with Kobe means to him and still affects him. Yes, he was there when Kobe got his start, but Kobe was also there when Jeremy got his start. Jeremy has had a terrific career, and his friendship with Kobe really was his launching pad. To Jeremy, the two of them will always be linked.
8: It was incredible. It's like... (laughs) I've known somebody pretty well that when they were on their rise to see them all the things they said were going to happen to see them actually happen I mean how many people can live up the hype how many people are LeBron James and Kobe Bryant I mean how many people are like that there's very few it's like you're seeing a uh, precocious phenom live up to to his own hype lived up to his own hype that's even harder than living up to other people's hype part of me that felt like you know I was part of that you know a small part but I was, was part of it and special I mean we all idolize people who were who special I mean we're all special but very this was an incredibly unique person
5: yes he was and in the unique story that was Kobe Bryant's life I think Jeremy Treatment holds a pretty special place he made these tapes with Kobe and more importantly He kept them, he dug them up after all those years, and he allowed them to be released into the world. Now, the people who knew Kobe so well back then, who loved him so much, can know how they fit into his life because they and the world can hear, through Kobe's own voice, how they fit and how much they meant to him. They can hear Kobe teasing and joking around with Jeremy during their interviews together. The easy comfort they have with each other.
4: On. Want me to hold it? You going? Hi. It on? Uh okay, treatment. Now how do you feel about i <laughs> okay. uh,
5: They can hear him acknowledge the impact that Greg Downer had on his life, the care that his high school coach had for him
4: playing the NBA, he knows that I'm I not going to have anything left, but right now I have the world upon my hands, and if I go to the NBA, you don't know, produce, do things spectacular, and maybe I'll lose that. if I go to college, he knows I don't feel still have the world upon my hands, I come out of college, I have the world upon my hands, that's that's what this man concern. I always told, I told him, I, I really don't care about
5: that, They can hear the way that Kobe spoke about his mom and dad back when he still lived under their roof, when he was just a teenager. Later on, once he was well into his career with the Lakers, Kobe and his parents had a falling out over his decision to get married so young, over their roles in his life and his career and his day-to-day existence. It lingered for years. I wanted desperately to speak to Joe and Pam for my book and for this series. Especially Joe. He was the person Kobe had looked up to the most. And in a way, by pushing his father away, Kobe lost Joe before Joe lost Kobe. But the Bryants declined to speak with me. As far as I know, they haven't spoken publicly at all since Kobe's death. I completely understand and accept that. I can only imagine that Joe and Pam and Sharia and Shea and Kobe, all of them, presumed that they would have more time, that they would have an opportunity to reconcile, to be the same close-knit family that they were when Kobe was still in high school. I can't imagine the what-ifs and the might-have-beens that have been running through their minds, that run through the minds of any parent who has had to bury a child especially when I hear this. It's a clip of Kobe talking about the idea of getting into an argument or a conflict with Joe and Pam. And of all those hours Jeremy spent interviewing Kobe, it's the most heartbreaking thing in any of these tapes.
4: It's a little simple to me. I, I grew up in Italy. I didn't have anybody to rely on for my sisters, my mother, and my father. And I You know from that. We built such a strong relationship, such a great friendship. We came back over here and we kind of took it into play. Well, we see like my classmates getting back in get along with the brothers and sisters. Saying I hate her, or don't like him or whatever. I'm running away from home. I don't like my parents. I can't wait to get out. But me, I'm just like, man, I can't wait to get home. Well, to see my mother, and see my father. and <laughs> really enjoy uh, the family atmosphere that I have I know it's not going to be there forever and that's why it's really important for my mother and father to come out there and live with you. so I can enjoy the company. you gotta work it out you gotta work it out with that man. I mean that's a mother and father. she brought you into this world they brought you into this world you know, how can you disrespect them you know, you know whether you're having arguments or whatever mother and father are messing up or child's messing up or you know, just talk things out you just work things out I feel, feel a lot better as a person and knowing that that love is there and that, uh, that community takes me there you know, when it's time for me
9: when it's time for the bird to be messed. That's, that's the time but I'm going to enjoy them now
4: while I have them to the fullest because you never know what can happen you know day in and day out
5: no you never know what can happen
3: Zumo Play.
5: After I talked to Jeremy on the day Kobe died, I drove to a nearby elementary school, just 10 minutes away, for my son Evan's basketball game. Tip-off was 3.45. We stood by the court, waiting for a game to finish so ours could start. And there was a buzz among the parents and the kids. Did you hear? Can't believe it. And his daughter Gianna, too. There were how many people in the helicopter? God, it's so awful so sad. The news had been coming out in a trickle all day. A drop of information here, a drop there. Out on the court, there was a kid, nine years old, maybe 10, wearing a green uniform tank top over a white t-shirt. And Evan pointed out to me, that the kid had a word written in black marker on one of his sleeves. Kobe.
6: For men and women, he was the figure in sports that made them want to pick up a basketball and made them want to excel in basketball with his drive and his love for the game. And particularly here in Los Angeles, that will never be forgotten.
5: Before my son's game began, my phone buzzed. It was my editor at the Inquirer. I was expecting the call. Hey, we need you to write a Kobe column. I don't know that there was a sports columnist in America who wasn't writing a Kobe column that day. After Evan's game, I got home and went up to my office, opened up my laptop, and tried to put the breath of Kobe's life and the shock of his death in some perspective. That's the cliche columnists and writers use in moments like that. Put it in perspective. As if such a thing were possible. So I sat down at the keyboard... And with a deadline looming, I wrote a 955-word column. And it sounded like this. Kobe Bryant? Dead? That can't be. Kobe is strong. Kobe is always smiling or scowling. And both faces showed how strong he was. Kobe can't die. Wasn't LeBron James just passing him on the NBA's all-time scoring list at the Wells Fargo Center the other night, then speaking with eloquence and depth? about Kobe's influence and effect on him? Wasn't he on Jimmy Kimmel's late-night show, charming and smart, a proud father talking about his daughter Gianna's basketball career just the other night? A helicopter crash? In the middle of a Sunday? And Gianna too? What? That can't be. But there it is. First on TMZ, then one confirmation coming after another. Kobe Bryant. Gone at 41. No, no, no. So now, do me a favor, and do yourself a favor, and do someone you love a favor. If you're reading this, shut off your phone, close your laptop, or put the paper down. Go to your wife or your husband or your mother or your father or most of all your son or your daughter and give them a hug. Call them. Visit them. Tell them you love them. Go to their basketball games and their dance recitals, or just stop by for a beer and a laugh. Turn off the trickle for a while, and remember what the lasting lesson of Kobe Bryant's life and death should be. It was difficult that day to consider Kobe Bryant's life in full, to dwell on anything other than the tragedy of his death. He was gone. So was his daughter. So were seven other people who had lives and loves and achievements of their own. Within nearly two years of distance from that day, we can see more clearly, I think, what we ought to take away from his life and his career. We see the value of passion and determination and an unwavering belief in yourself. We see his singular and blinkered focus on becoming the best and his resolute willingness to work as hard and as long as he needed to achieve it. We see how the people around him fostered and encouraged that focus. And we see the cost of that focus, the entitlement, the self-centeredness. And we see that that cost can be steep. We see... Most of all, the everlasting effect that Kobe Bryant had and still has on the people who knew him. For them, he'll never really be gone. He'll always be there. His scowl, his smile, his breathtaking talent, his relentless desire and tireless will. The kid he had been, the man he was becoming. Forever.
4: This has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart and, uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys and, uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys and, uh, I love you guys and uh, my family, to my family, my wife, Vanessa, our daughters, Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym, working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out.
5: I Am Kobe is a production of Diversion Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Mike Sealskin. It's produced by Jacob Bronstein and directed by Mark Francis. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Stephen Tompkins is our production assistant. Our theme music is Create Yourself by Grover Brown featuring Justin Starling. Find, create yourself wherever you stream music. Music supervisor is Scott Velasquez for Freesan Sync. Executive producers are Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Join the conversation about I Am Kobe on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Diversion Pods. Thanks to Oren Rosenbaum, Susan Canavan, and Jeremy Treatment.
2: Hey. love I rise before the sun. They don't understand when I say the grind is fun. Never clock out, even when my work is done. If they tryna block me, I might hurt someone. Through the blood, sweat, and tears, we persevere. Stay killing it, better keep the hearses near. If they don't believe in themselves, they revert to fear. Now the champion's is here, so I'm telling them, that's my ambition. The reason why my work's so damn different. To the negatives, I can't listen. See me at the top, you can't listen. I'ma mold the clay like cash is See, I pay my dues plus taxes Gotta work ethic and grind ahead of its time If someone say that they made you Tell them you create yourself found the best you finna watch Us by It's by that time You gotta stay clocked in Break by break We create ourselves Watch me Watch me, watch me. Create myself Jack, clock, Self. Gotta learn from the great minds. No we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. This talent wasn't given, it was made. The future any time I could change. Better tell them that I made it back home. As I walk through the halls of the fame. I came from the valley of the shadow with death, waiting for a silver spoon. Don't hold your breath. Same town, same train, but I did it with less. I know who I'm meant to be, so there's nothing to guess. Yeah, there's nothing to guess. It's our time, tell them we up next. We don't got any regrets, I did it with my two hands and we never forget That's my ambition, the reason why my work's so damn different To the negatives I can't listen, see me at the top, you can't listen For real, rebuild, reshape, give you your all, you got to risk take Do it now and I'm saying why wait if someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself you um, the best you finna watch us ball it's about that time, you gotta stay packed in, break by break, we create ourselves, watch me, watch me, watch me. create myself, track life. time's up, create yourself, lay nice, go hard, create yourself, gotta learn from the great mind.